0: Up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast 800 405 2561. 800 405 2561. 800 405 2561. That's 800 405 2561.
3: Hey there, and happy holidays. Welcome into this edition of Real Golf Radio. Looking at the President's Cup. Taking a look at next year in 2020 and a year in review of 2019. Thank you for being with us, Brian Taylor, alongside Bob Casper. Good to be with you as we wrap up our 20th year of talking golf with you here on Real Golf Radio. Twitter handle is at Real Golf. You can find us on any of the podcaster sites, websites, realgolfradio.com. And thanks for all of you who still listen to us on our affiliate radio stations Around the country. We appreciate that. I'll tell you what, 2019 has been a year in golf from what Tiger Woods did winning the Masters, major number 15, green jacket number five, to win number 82 and now captaining a winning President's Cup, going undefeated in the U.S. team rallying on Sunday. It has been pretty much wire to wire a year to remember in the game of golf. And I'm looking forward to looking back at what was. A memorable week in Australia as well as a memorable year in professional golf.
1: You know, it was interesting. The first, the first day of the matches when the U.S. was down 4-1, to one, um, I, I became very disinterested. And, uh, and then as, as I watched more, it, it kept piquing my interest a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until Sunday was off the charts. And the teeing ratings were phenomenal, and, uh, and it turned out to be a great Sunday um, of the U.S. team coming from behind and winning the matches 16 to 14. So, uh, yeah, it was an awesome week last week.
3: Distractions and controversy yep. and other things that were side stories, I don't think overshadowed what was great golf on a unbelievable golf course. I mean, if you think about some of the golf that you've watched over the years, I don't remember – so many amazing golf shots being showcased on a golf course it, this really brought the best out in the players bob
1: well and it wasn't go- it wasn't the golf shots that they that we are seeing them hit where the ball hits right close to the hole and sticks it's how these guys had to maneuver the ball around the golf course especially into the greens to some of those pin positions and play from the front edge of the green f- towards the hole um and we saw the ball bouncing and releasing So the guys had to be very precise about how they carried the ball and how it got to the hole.
3: We're going to talk about all this, the storylines that came up, and we're really pleased to be joined by Tony Finau of the winning U.S. President's Cup team. We'll spend some time with Tony talking about his experience at the President's Cup, also America's favorite caddy will stop by as well. We're just getting started. We'll give it all to you next. Thanks for joining us. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway. And that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things like hitting more bombs. What a world. Go own the t box like the pros. Build your epic flash driver today at CallawayGolf.com.
4: Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicholas agrees.
0: If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent.
4: A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere.
3: What kind of golf ball are you playing? The one you've always played or the one that can actually help you perform better? Because Chrome Soft is the only ball with a graphene-infused dual soft fast core to give you the unheard-of combination of crazy long distance that's also incredibly soft. It's why tour guys like Phil Mickelson, Xander Shoffley, and Francesco Molinari keep winning with it. And now, ChromeSoft X is available with triple-track technology for improved alignment.
1: Get the ball that changed the ball today at CallawayGolf.com. The new OGO Alpha Convoy Golf Bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shadow Fuse 304 Stand Bag is ultra-sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry.
3: While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for
1: unmatched performance. Both are in stores now or check it out at OGO.com.
3: This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoop's vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy
2: Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. And Real Golf Radio is brought to you
3: by Callaway Golf. Gifts for the course. Get out to the Callaway Holiday Gift Guide at callawaygolf.com. From clubs to golf balls, apparel and accessories, find the perfect holiday gifts this season at callawaygolf.com. And I'll tell you what, you're kind of running out of time. So uh, you might want to do that. but. Should be noted that the sales run through the end of the year. So there you go. Maybe you want to return something. Maybe you didn't get what you wanted. Hey, still an opportunity there at CallawayGolf.com. And you know what? We appreciate Callaway and their sponsorship of Real Golf Radio here in our 20th year of hosting the show. And we're pleased to announce that Callaway will be on with us as a partner again going into year number 21, uh, the year 2020. Uh, will be sponsored again by Callaway golf. We appreciate them and their sponsorship. They make great products and uh, are great ambassadors for the game of golf. And we're just uh, couldn't be more pleased to be partnered with uh, the folks there at Callaway.
1: Yep. They have, uh, they've been great support. Um, they've uh, provided us with, uh, with great people to talk with as far as their club pros and uh, also their tour pros and also their equipment and, and that kind of thing. So you guys, As you listen, you get the inside scoop from Callaway Golf and everything that's going to be coming down the pike.
3: No doubt about it. We'll look forward to bringing you all of the news and, of course, the uh, teaser running right now for the upcoming Maverick driver. I can't wait to see it. Really, really cool stuff coming up this month. You know,
1: Xander Shoffley was playing the Maverick at
3: the President's Cup. Cup. And, you know what, Xander is – you know, we'll get into the President's Cup. Xander is one of those that has just proven, as expected – that he's made for this type of thing. You can oh, yeah. tell by his play on tour. You can tell by his demeanor, his competitiveness that this is going to be a guy to be reckoned with in team play. And he might be Bob taking that new crown as captain America. Although he probably has to wrestle that away from Justin Thomas right now, <laughs> but I think Patrick Reed squarely left that, you know, Cape in the, in 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 the phone booth after yes. what's happened. The last two uh, pres- teams that he's played on last year's Ryder cup and this year's president's cup.
1: Well, he did make a little bit of a, Um, a little bit of reconciliation with how he played in uh, in his his singles match by winning over C.T. Pan 4-2, but still, I agree with you 100%. I
3: I don't think that one point, although it was only a two-point victory, so that point was important. Let's not underscore it, but he was 0-3 going into that. And he was a huge distraction. Webb Simpson, by the way, had to get the whatever the equivalent of uh, the President's Cup team golf is of the Purple Heart, having to uh, carry that guy around and deal with all his distractions. I, I, you know, it's it's uh, it was it was crazy. I, I don't know why Webb got saddled with him, but you know what? He you, you probably give him the assist award. The uh, what Mister Congeniality? Perhaps um, the assist
1: award. I like that. Yeah, that's I mean good. because Webb Take was one for the team. He
3: did. He absolutely. did. Webb had no chance out there. <laughs> he had no chance. And, yeah, he had
1: no chance playing with Patrick Reed. That's what but I'm I'll saying. tell you what he did. He did pretty good on his own. You know, winning two on one over Ben but um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, it, my thinking was this was my thinking. They were on the airplane. Or they got there, or whatever. But Tiger took him inside, and he said, and he, and he probably said to him, "You think we can pair you with Patrick Reed? Would you do that? Would it be okay?" And Webb goes, "Sure. I'm just happy to be a part of the team."
3: Of course he is, but it's also an opportunity to kind of make a name and a legend for yourself in these things. Yeah. And he did not have that opportunity. So again, hats off to Webb Simpson on that one. But uh, uh, anyway, let's. Let's get into uh, the the president's cup. Boy, uh, you know, I I found myself really enjoying this, Bob. You mentioned how you were disinterested in the beginning. I guess I was I was still interested because I almost was rooting for the international team in the beginning, only from the sense that they've just been beaten for what it's been. They've, been, they've won one since nineteen ninety three. You just found I found myself wanting. I like Ernie Els, obviously. Mike Weir is a good friend of ours, and he was on the show. And I wanted those guys to play well. I wanted them to do well. I, I, I don't really have any animosity towards anyone on that team. And so I, I kind of was like, good for you guys. And yeah. at the same time, I was never really completely concerned that the U.S. team was going to get blown out. We've seen it in Ryder Cups, but I just, I just had this sense with a Tiger-led team, boy, would it, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't actually find a way to win. And ultimately, well, their depth proved to be the difference, right?
1: Well, I think it did um, also the the way that the players were able to adapt and figure out how to play the golf course. you know there were a bunch of guys that had not played that golf course before, and because of that, they struggled. Uh, they only had a day basically a day and a half to figure it out before they teed off and It showed in that four and, four and one drumming in on Thursday when Tiger and Justin Thomas were the only ones that won a point um, it It started to show bits of um promise when we were able to tie up the next set of of matches on friday and then um it, you know we we kept it within we kept it within three points um and then and then to, to lose it in the morning to lose another point in the morning uh, of saturday then it started to turn around and that's and that's the part that i liked it, the the guys started to show that they were ready to play that they were in this thing to the end and that they wanted to win and they were able to uh to cut that four point deficit by two going into sunday
3: yeah they rallied behind tiger as the captain not as Tiger, the player, where he the captain chose to sit the player for the entire day. That was a bit shocking, no no doubt about it. But look, he put himself out first against Abe. Answer. They went out. Tiger was vintage. He was absolutely beautiful golf and and just stone cold you know get out of my way and and uh, he made it look easy out there even though you know that's not to take anything away with Abe but who had a phenomenal week but Tiger clearly the best player going 3-0 and 0 for the week fantastic leadership as a captain as well I, I thought you know it was it was something is the US rallies 8-4 in the uh, to win the session and overcome that 10-8 deficit and claim the cup 16 to 14 I guess some of the question marks that I have Bob is If you're the international team and Ernie Els, and I mentioned that I was kind of pulling for them a little bit, and it was good to see that they rallied. They basically won the team sessions. They had a two-point lead going into singles, right? And they lost 8-4. So do you take the positives that we – and that's what Ernie said afterwards. Look, we made progress. We took steps. but, 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 But hear me out. You made the guys travel halfway around the world. Yes. Right after they had an event the week before playing a golf course that none of them had seen which was tricky and you needed to figure it out. You flip the format to favor your team and you're on your home turf so to speak and with all of that it wasn't enough to win I guess you could either look at it from Ernie L's positive progress standpoint or you could be a little discouraged if you're an international team fan or player to say
1: wow what else can we do? So in other words what you're saying is if they wouldn't have had to fly a all the way across the world, even though it was an away game, so to speak, if they didn't have to fly across the world, how would they really would have would have played? That's my question. Yeah. I mean, that's, take, that's, take those factors yeah. away.
3: And what what to your point, you said it was at the beginning you were really upset that they got down early and you were blaming I the was. PGA Tour for scheduling Tiger's event the week before because it hindered their Absolutely. chances. And I look at it and say, well, at least it gave the internationals a fighting chance. Unfortunately, they weren't able to, to pull it off, but it did make it compelling. And I, I, this is the takeaway. It was compelling,
1: right? It was very compelling.
3: It was entertaining. It was fantastic. And I don't know how much of it was the golf and how much of it was the golf course or the combination thereof or Tiger versus else. I'm not sure, but I liked everything about it outside of Patrick Reed. I liked everything about it. It was, it was I just,
1: agree 100%. And, and, and I think where it flipped, where it turned, Saturday afternoon, when Tony Finau and Matt Kuchar have that match.
3: I think it's a good point. We're going to hear from Tony. Don't forget, coming up on the back nine, hour number two. Uh, Coming up next, America's favorite caddy stops by. We'll continue this conversation, looking back at the President's Cup. When we continue, right here on Real Golf Radio. Hey, ever wonder how your favorite golf courses in Utah look so good? Pros and golf superintendents agree you should turn to Mountainland Supply for your turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? When you need irrigation products for your lawn, you can trust Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but they can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy.
6: Whether you're a casual golfer or an avid golfer, let you into golf help you fill your wish list with the season's best deals in golf. Featuring special holiday offers from Titleist. Save on Titleist Pro V1, Pro V1X, and AVX golf balls for only $39.99 a dozen. And save $30 on Titleist Vokey SM7 wedges for only $119.99. And while you're there, register to win free golf balls for a year. You into golf offers an exclusive 90-day satisfaction guarantee. You into golf, helping golfers' holiday dreams come true since 1971.
2: Now, back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real. Here's Brian and Bob.
3: Brian and Bob back with you. Thanks for joining us this segment. Brought to you by Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Check out odysseygolf.com. And give them a follow on Twitter and the rest of the social media for some great insights from the guys at Odyssey and Toulon Design. It's all right there under the Odyssey umbrella now at Odyssey Golf. All right, time to welcome in America's favorite caddy.
2: There are bag rats. (laughs) And then there are caddies. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio.
3: Yeah, this caddy's been joining us for nearly all of 20 years that we've been doing Real Golf Radio. We love having him on the show. We can just call him the caddy, or America's favorite caddy, whoever you like. What's up, man? Just chilling. We've been talking President's Cup, man, uh, looking back at last week, uh, and I was telling Bob, this is like... Call it what you want. It's not Ryder Cup or the U.S. was supposed to dominate or whatever. But, man, that was fun to watch. Like, it was really entertaining. I thought it was just a, a great event. And Maybe it just set up perfectly where the U.S. got down. You sort of always felt they were going to rally, and then they did and played some phenomenal golf. And factor in Royal Melbourne and the way that it co- caused these greatest players to have to get creative and hit these. I mean, it was almost like just such great shot. Highlight reels, shots on display, shot after shot. Shot after shot. I, I loved watching the President's Cup last week, if you couldn't tell.
7: I thought the description of uh, the British Open meets Augusta Greens was pretty apt, minus the minus the big rough. But, yeah, it showcased the golf course big time. And the President's Cup kind of took on a whole other status that it hasn't had, really. It's, uh, it's on the map.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, The other thing that I thought was really interesting is, you know, we talked about the guys getting there late, not seeing the golf course. A lot of the guys not seeing the golf course till Tuesday and stuff like that. And it was amazing to me how the best players in the world, it doesn't take long for them to adapt and figure things out.
7: No, it doesn't. You've got just a couple runs around the joint. And um, I will say having the greens books there on greens like that is pretty helpful because – those are fairly – they're big enough greens with a lot of differences here and there, and it's a lot easier to, to navigate it when you have a really nice detailed map too. But, yeah, it's that, that kind of golf is so much fun. Whenever the ball's firm and bouncing and running, more it bounces and runs, the more you have to think about what you're doing. It's just that simple. And the best players tend to uh, – you just love that stuff as a caddy because you're just constantly – having to think about this or that, or this or that. And there's lots of options and that's, that's really, that's so, that's so much, so much more enjoyable than the ball just sticking.
3: Yeah. I was going to ask you about that from a caddy standpoint, you know, really got to know your player's game, right? Because it's, it's a matter of hitting different kinds of shots in whether you're, you know, in different kinds of spins as well and where to land it and, and, and all those, those kinds of things. what, What 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 goes in it? Talk talk us through a caddy player relationship on a golf course like that.
7: Well, it's like you said. You got to understand the shots that your player can play. Just you defined it perfectly. Trajectory, spins, carries. uh, It's a huge factor. Is is this shot going to spin it? Spin it to to where it gets to that false front and comes back down. If you know, can we play a punch shot in there? What's going to happen if it lands? How far is it going to run? It's just, yeah, you, you, you have to really know what your player can do. First, you have to know what you what kind of a shot you have to play, and then can my guy play this? Does my guy need to play that? Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. And when you have a great shot maker, Tiger loves to play all kinds of shots with his irons. You see it all the time. And he had to just be the happiest guy out there. He's having so much fun. Don't you think it kind of separated him from everybody else when you watched everybody play it's kind of like, yeah, hey, that's the king of golf right there. That was yeah. vintage. Yeah. It it it's funny because I heard some guys on talk radio saying that the number one golfer in the world right now, forget all the rankings and this that's clearly Tiger Woods. And it'd be hard not to say that after watching that. Now granted, none of the European playing Brooks Cap is not there, but it was. It was. It's. It's pretty cool how that just brings out. It separates the great player. It makes the great players better, and uh, separates them a little bit. And that's what the great golf courses do. That's why. That's why you see, quite a list of winners at courses, of Riviera. Um, those those classic courses just bring it out.
1: You know, it was interesting in yeah. watching the whole week. You know, you saw Tiger in the mix. Uh, you know, playing the first two days. Then sitting out on uh, on Saturday and 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 taking over the captain's role like he was he was asked to do, and then you know total player mode going going on Sunday. It was interesting to watch him switch hats.
7: And he did mention that after his match, he he would say he had no idea what was really going on because he he has to stay kind of focused in his in his role, get zoned in or whatever. So you know, I thought I thought that a little bit. That was kind of funny how um, – I don't understand how taking off your hat – and by the way, it wasn't before the ball went in. That's not, not <laughs> on the video I watched. It was when – the ball was in the hole and the hat came off. So – or at least it was going over the front edge of the hole. I don't really understand why that's a problem. I mean, the match was over. You take your hat off and go shake the guy's hand. It's not like he did it – it's not like he threw the hat down after the putt left the blade and turned around and raised his arms up. So, Chevy did that to me, by the way. Do we know that story?
3: No, I, don't, I haven't heard that story.
7: I'm standing, we're playing with Seve at Westchester in 91 or 92, around that time, and and uh, we're uh, we're on the seventh hole and second group from the last. Seve's got about a 15-foot putt, and uh, I'm standing directly behind him. I mean, I, I'll, I'll keep the story short because the shot he hit to get there was spectacular. So now he's got a 12-footer birdie. I'm standing right behind him. At the ball leaves the putter. He turns around from the ball can't see the ball has no idea where it's going well he does have an idea where it's going but it's it's not even halfway to the hole and he walks right past me and does the old fist pump up in the air and kind of it's like he was going to punch me but he air punched me right and and right as his fist goes up the ball goes in the hole the crowd goes crazy and I got goosebumps I mean it was so cool and I said to my player, who was also probably tied for the lead at the time, as we went to the next tee, I said, I don't care what happens today. I don't care if you win. That's the coolest thing I'm ever going to see right there. He started,
8: he started laughing. He's like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so,
7: there's. I have so many stories from that round. I've got like – so one other one that happened right before the round. we're walk, I'm walking off the range, and I've walked by Fred Couples. And – and he Sevy's at the end of the range. And as I walk by couples, he turns around and he goes, Hey, Hey, you're out with your man today. You're going to, you're going to let him have it. And I'm like, yeah, right. So I keep walking and I get to where Seve is. And I turn around and I look back at couples and he's got his hands around his neck, like joking, joking. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Freddie's so, gotta be yeah. I mean, you know, they,
3: they talk about Freddie and how he's been he was such a good rider, a president's cup captain and you know, keep everybody loose and just he's gotta be one of those guys that's just fun to hang with. You know, you could tell he was having a good time last week as an assistant captain and Tiger relied heavily on him, but couples has gotta be one of those that just if you're out on the golf course, he'd be a fun guy to play around a golf with.
7: Yeah, I've got quite a few. We'll have to get the to, to the Haney stories. That's just that's a private nickname by the way. So We'll have to get to the stories about about Freddie sometime. There's there's some good ones.
8: Mm, That's awesome.
7: Hey, I wanted to get back to Royal Melbourne.
3: Uh, You're a golf course guy. I mean, you're out on every golf course the tour plays on. I I get it. There's probably some unique, obviously, topography. There's probably some unique um, agronomy, things of that nature. Obviously, a tremendous design. What is it about Melbourne that can't be replicated other places? Or is it just that golf course architects don't? choose to design golf courses the way that was because I'm with you. It, it, it did, it required these players to hit some amazing shots. And it also made them look silly at times. They had to be so precise. You saw guys leaving them in the bunkers. You never see tour guys leaving in the bunker and you saw, well, except for Sergio, but you, you saw several guys leaving it in the bunker, trying to hit these really delicate shots. And to me that when you're on that line where guys can look silly, you know how tough that shot is.
7: So the big problem is it's called the sand belt for a reason. You have to have a certain kind of soil and and composition to, to really do it, do it justice. You can design the same idea. Uh, Norman did that down at, uh, at Tiburon in Naples. That's kind of designed in the sand belt kind of a way, but it's just not the same with the real grainy grass versus the more, I don't know if it's fescue or what it is there. It's kind of more like fescue down there in Australia. It's, it's just, it's just you have to have the right soil, and there's only a few places where that soil exists. It's like lynx land. You, you can't really have a lynx without having that condition. It just doesn't happen. So there's, are, are there places like that in the U.S? Yeah, maybe there's a few here and there. Maybe Sand Hills has that kind of turf and soil. I, don't, I haven't been there, but, but that's the biggest problem really, is you just it's, it's the environment.
1: You know, and the other thing that was I thought was pretty interesting that came out this week is, of course, Alister McKenzie designed that golf course, but he never ever saw it finished.
7: Yeah, it's funny. Somebody, uh, one of the guys, was saying this is the best McKenzie course, kind of making a little slight at Augusta National, and I'm like, well, Augusta National really isn't an, an Augusta isn't a McKenzie course anymore. It's been redesigned so many times and tweaked so many times. It's the foundation they laid the foundation, but yeah. That stuff, anything old and classic like that has evolved. It's organic. It changes. It doesn't like the Mona Lisa where it stays the same the whole time. It's, uh, it's changing and evolving a little bit at least. So it's probably been lengthened substantially since original. I'm guessing. I, maybe it hasn't, but gosh, all those courses of St. Andrews has evolved a lot since it's, nobody even knows who built that. Um, but, but. All those courses kind of evolve and change over time, so
3: Caddy joining us here on Real golf radio, so when you watch Tiger this week and especially that first match out in singles, i mean that was as we talked about that 's vintage form what What does that make you think about for two thousand and twenty I mean obviously it 's like, hey, can the masters get here uh, you know as quick as possible, but when you see Tiger playing that way i I'm pretty bullish on him, right? And even a couple of months ago, I wasn't that bullish on him understanding that he just went through a knee surgery, but he gets win number 82. He captains and goes undefeated in President's Cup play. I mean, that, he is playing some really inspired golf and maybe as good a golf as I've seen, and he looks so comfortable doing it. Well An ease about his game right now that we haven't seen for a while. He's been grinding and, and fighting for so long, health-wise, swing-wise, what have you, and it just seems like it's on autopilot Boy, I will tell you what, I I expect some seriously good golf out of Tiger in 2020.
7: He's clearly just been playing with us. He's been playing with us. He's at Zozo and 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 the Presidents Cup. He looked he looked like he looked like the best player in the world all of a sudden, and he wasn't like that for a few months prior to that. It it's just, uh, yeah, he did. He looked great, but we're a long way away from April, so anything can happen between now and then, and. I think my guess would be he just felt really good, felt really healthy. And when when that guy feels good and healthy, that just forget about it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And you know what I, I loved about the singles match also is Abraham answer a couple of weeks ago said, I'd love to play Tiger Woods. Um, and when he went up on the board first, when Ernie Els picked him up on the board first, Abraham Anser, because, of course, he's he'd had a phenomenal week and was making everything he was looking looking at and everything like that. Tiger threw himself right up on the board real quick, uh, in that first ma- first match out. I thought that was pretty cool.
7: Yeah, well what people don't know is that one time way back when when Tiger was about six years old, his grandma said she was gonna beat him in monopoly and she didn't even make it to the game. So that's all I'm saying about Tiger's competitive spirit. So Yeah, it's a, a story okay. that they don't really talk they don't really talk about that much, but no, he's just an assassin. He he loves – answer – When what answer basically said from what I picked up at the World Golf Championship, he, he kind of said, oh, it'd be great to play Tiger. Like, it would be an honor. I would learn. I mean, who doesn't want this opportunity? He didn't – he wasn't throwing down the hat saying, No. He was pulling a yeah. Stephen Ames on. He wasn't pulling a Stephen Ames saying, I'm going to go get him. Yeah. He was saying the opposite. But Tiger – it didn't matter. Tiger's like, all right, I'm going to use that as fuel, and I'm going to just – you know, tear you up. And so, but that's what he does. He's, he's, he's just a killer. That's all there is to it. No question.
3: No question. Well the U S team's got to take some positivity out of this and get ready for the Ryder cup in 2020. And, you know, there's you know, there's still question marks. You could say that they just beat a, a a significantly inferior team to what they'll face in the Ryder Cup, and it took a Sunday rally to, to do so. So, you know, there, there's some question marks out there, but I, I think this team took some steps forward, and hopefully we'll see them, you know, do well and pick up another uh, Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits next year for sure. So, hey, Caddy, good stuff, man. We appreciate you taking some time. Always good to visit with you.
7: And I'll have you know my sister who lives in Australia would have to – reprimand you along with all the australians for calling it melbourne it's melbourne
3: melbourne i know
1: melbourne, melbourne. yeah good on you
3: yeah I, I call it Chile too and i know it's chile but you know i'm a, I'm from idaho <laughs> so you know
7: just forgive me it's not chile in idaho right now it's cold <laughs>
3: <laughs> and with that <laughs> uh, happy holidays Gaddy. Thank you, gentlemen. There you Thanks, go. Brent. That's the caddy joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. we got to take a break. Thanks for being with us here. As we look back at the President's Cup, look forward to 2020. We'll continue the conversation next. Callaway's new Apex irons redefine players' irons. Unmatched feel, distance, and control have been forged to perfection to deliver category-defining performance. Apex irons are the ultimate forged players' distance iron. Callaway's 360 face cups generate industry-leading distance, unmatched feel, and will get every golfer's attention. Tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes launch, trajectory, and delivers tremendous control. See perfection in every shot with the new Apex at your local golf retailer or visit callawaygolf.com and see what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf.
9: At the First Tee. It's the little things in life we pick up. Hey, thank you. That make for a successful future. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Oh, you dropped this. Because little things can carry a big impact both on and off the course. Hey, thanks. To learn more, visit thefirsttee.org.
3: Callaway Senior Director of Brand Management, Dave Neville. What makes Jaws the most aggressive
7: groove in golf? What really grabs the ball where you get the spin from is the edge of the groove. We've been able to make a really, really tight edge radius using some of the proprietary tools that we have. And then in between each groove, we have that groove and groove technology, which are little micro-positives that help grab the ball. So you have these 84 contact points on the face to grab the ball and just give you a tremendous amount of spin.
3: Order Jaws today at CallawayGolf.com.
1: Your hands with the grip. They form the connection between you and your club. In a game where feel is so important to playing your very best, great shots begin with a great grip. For every golfer
4: who wants to play better, there's a Lampkin grip.
3: What kind of golf ball are you playing? The one you've always played or the one that can actually help you perform better? Because Chrome Soft is the only ball with a graphene-infused dual soft fast core to give you the unheard-of combination of crazy long distance that's also incredibly soft. It's why tour guys like Phil Mickelson, Xander Shoffley, and Francesco Molinari keep winning with it. And now Chrome Soft X is available with triple track technology for improved alignment. Get the ball that changed the ball today at
10: CallawayGolf.com. We just changed the putter. Now you need to change yours. A multi-material shaft enabled a radical shift in weight distribution, resulting in a putter designed to improve your actual stroke. Because a better stroke helps make more putts. This is a stroke of genius. Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. You're listening
2: to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade.
11: you started it. That's
2: Real Golf Radio.
3: Welcome back to Real Golf Radio, presented by Callaway Golf, and the new Maverick driver coming January 2020. It's not far away. Check it out at callawaygolf.com. Follow them on social media, and you can link right to a website where you can sign up to be the first to learn about Maverick, the new line of groundbreaking equipment from Callaway Golf. Enter your email address, hit the notify me button, and boom, you're in there. Xander Shoffley, there's a quote there. As you mentioned, Bob, he played this at the President's Cup, and he said, from the minute we tested it, I knew 2020 couldn't get here soon enough. Well, he certainly drove the ball well and uh, excited to see what this new Maverick driver is all about. Love the color scheme, love the name, um, and you know what? Callaway has been dialed in on their driver technology for some time now, and it's going to be exciting to see what this one will do. So check it out. Coming 2020 distance that defies convention is what they're saying. A little rocket Ooh, ship there. Yeah.
1: I got to like it. Yep.
3: And you know, and the thing about it is, is you got to put out a good product. You got to have a good story behind it. Callaway mm-hmm. does a great job of telling the story and the technology fits the story. And then the performance lives up to the hype. And that's the key. You can hype it up, but if the technology doesn't live up to it, then what are we doing here? So, um, I've absolutely loved playing Epic Flash this year. It's going to be hard for me to replace that, by the way. So, I'll see what Maverick does. But I've uh, absolutely loved hitting my Epic Flash driver this year from Callaway. Check it out, callawaygolf.com, and sign up today. All right. Thanks to the caddy for joining us. Well, he shared some stories with us. He um, gave us his, his take on the golf course. And, and it's true, Bob. I mean, as much as we love Royal Melbourne, it's really one of those that you just have to go there, right? It's, you can't transplant that anywhere, and it's unfortunate. Uh, the, the soil that we have and the grasses that we grow here, if you tried to firm it up and play it that hard and fast, most of the golf courses would die. And, yep. and, th- and that's the unfortunate thing. But, man, I, I would just love a crack at it. I, m- when I look at the golf course, I feel like I could hit every fairway and every green and still shoot <laughs> 90.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Um, the only thing that we have even considerably – close is Pinehurst and that sand air belt mm. area that, that they have down there in North Carolina. Kind of, kind of similar so to speak, but you know, great drainage golf course can get fast and hard. And, uh, and then you see guys playing like they did at the president's cup. It was pretty phenomenal.
3: Yeah, it was really good stuff. Let's talk about, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about tiger a little bit more. I know okay. we've been, been mentioning him, but let's just go right to that singles match Uh and he was all business in that Bob. I mean, it was, it was something to behold and the way he came out and just, he kept he was doing the old tiger stuff he was walking ahead of him he wasn't engaging with abe he was letting him know that he was there to intimidate him he was there to win the match and and take care of business and help his team propel his team on with the momentum they needed to pull off that that comeback which they did and tiger was effortless he was phenomenal and the putt he made on the last hole i mean it's it, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it and also it i can't help but think bob and i think i told you this right after the matches I, the way Tiger's playing right now, I could see him winning ten times next year, and I know that's overreaction. You know, r- from from what we saw, but man, the guy is playing some golf.
1: You flip, the, you flip the spectrum. For, uh, you know, from from the far left side of. He's never going to win again, and he's never going to get another major. To all the way, man, I could see him winning ten times next year. That's somewhere in between. There is where he's going to be this year, and I, I don't have any doubt that Tiger is going to be a multiple winner in twenty twenty, and um, he may even pick up another major. Um, it it uh, the, the majors are setting up well for that for him, and and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But um, it, it was. So fun to watch him play, even from the get go with with Justin Thomas. Um, you know, they go out and win the run, win, win the first couple of holes and and have those guys down and 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 we're texting back and forth to each other. Can you believe this? You know, all, you know, this is how this is how you're supposed to start a match. And and the stats were that Tiger out in the first match, he was a loser. Mm. in In Ryder Cup and President's Cup history. But he wasn't a loser. He he got out. He and Justin got out and they they set the tone right from the get-go. They were only the only win in you know, on Thursday, but they set the tone. And uh and and that was just really fun to watch. But but again on Sunday to to see him, I was looking at looking for those signs of what he was what he would do to um a, as as kind of pseudo um psychological gamesmanship and that kind of thing. And you know when he got ahead, and he was the he was the guy driving, and and answer was teeing off second. Tiger was right out front. He was leading the way, almost like you need to chase me down. You got to follow me. That's what Y.E. Yang did. He swapped that on him when he beat him in the PGA Championship, and he was the one that was charging out front on Tiger. And so, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting to see get him him get into his old habits and to see how he was able to play and. Wow, 3-0-0, um, the best player on the U.S. team. It was pretty phenomenal.
4: Best
3: player in the whole event, no question. Yeah. What, what were some of your other favorite moments? Not necessarily Tiger-specific, but what else stands out to you as you think back on that President's Cup?
1: Well, I you know, I think, uh, and, we, and we talked about this a little bit last week, uh, Patrick Cantlay and Justin Thomas uh, making those putts on Thursday. Um, that could have been... That could have turned into a nine-one deficit, um, but the, but those guys came back and they basically um, tied the Friday the Friday session um, of foursomes. and um, those guys were, were a key part, including uh, Tony Finau and Matt Kuchar. Um, what they were able to do, uh, but but I think that's I think that was the part I took away the most was we started to see light at that point. And I liked how those guys were not giving up, and and, and that's what's really cool about it.
3: Patrick Kelly went three and two, and um, you know as a rookie, but he was he was clutch. And that, as you mentioned, making that putt under pressure was was outstanding. I love that. Uh, Justin Thomas, if it were not for Tiger Woods, I think he would have been the the player of the you know the MVP for the U.S. side. Three one and one. Uh, with or without playing with Tiger Woods, he he was good. You know he okay. So he lost his Sunday singles match, but uh, other other than that, it didn't it didn't end up affecting the outcome, which was which was huge,
1: right? It didn't. He lost his Sunday singles match when when he was ahead, um and uh, and got it back, uh, but then but then it was taken away from him by by Smith. But what was disappointing is when Ricky, he and Ricky were five up. And, uh, and they ended up losing that match in foursomes in the afternoon on Saturday. And, um, you know, he hit the drive off the, off the tee that went under the tree and, um, it just, it just deflated those guys, but they turned around and came back. One of them tied, one of them lost, but it was good enough for the team to win.
3: You mentioned Ricky Fowler. Good to see him playing again. Ricky Fowler and Dustin Johnson, a couple of guys that we hadn't seen play for some time. What were your thoughts on
1: both of their games? Well, um, I thought Ricky Fowler hit a lot of good shots. He hit a lot of good putts. Um, I think I think he might have. It, it felt like he was almost a little bit rusty. Um, Unbeaten but, uh, though, one win and three halves. One one in, one win and three halves. So he didn't lose a point. But but it was uh, it was pretty it it, it was pretty good. Uh, Dustin Johnson, I I think sh- waited for the best for the last, which was singles, and um, it was great to see him compete how he did on Sunday and uh, win his match.
3: He ended up 2-2-0, two, two and oh, but let's not forget, he was dealt a pretty easy hand there. Tong Lee, yeah. obviously, was struggling with his game. We only saw him once, so right. we, we knew he wasn't playing well. Dustin got the draw. He took advantage of it. I, I looked at that almost as... You remember in the Seabiscuit movie when they said they started uh, using him as a, horse, as a horse to give other horses as confidence? the trainer, yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of what DJ got off of Ha-Tong Lee, and that's no offense. Ha-Tong Lee's a fine player. He's just not wasn't in form, kind of like Bryce DeChambeau, wasn't in form. Yes. So, you know, DJ got a nice draw there, and he took advantage of it. Don't get me wrong. DJ played well on Sunday, but yeah. it was certainly helped by the fact that his opponent really had no chance before they even teed it up. But but, look, DJ, to me, DJ's got unfinished business coming up in, in 2020 and beyond. Yeah. First of all, he can extend his win streak for each year, another right. year, and, and continue getting closer to, to what Tiger did and, and others in history. But he, he's due for another major. I mean, that guy has way too much talent, to, especially at a, a golf course like Augusta. You just keep thinking he's a guy. But uh, the putter's got to be hot, and it, it's a little bit streaky, no doubt about it. Uh, all right. Uh, we. You know,
1: the thing about oh, him last year, Um, is he he played well up until a certain point and then and then he struggled the rest of the year and then as soon as the tour championship was over he had knee surgery so he had some health issues probably the last half of his season which caused him to not play as well as he had been playing but now that is all corrected and i think uh Dustin Johnson is really going to play well this year as well.
3: Talk about some of the other players that we have yet to get to on the American team. Uh, And then touch on the internationals as well, but we're up against a break. We'll take one and then we'll come back and continue this conversation. Thanks for joining us. Brian and Bob with you right here on real golf radio. Hey guys, BT here and Bob and I are two happy customers of barbecue pit stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS 640s this is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com.
1: I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Temperatures are dropping and you know what that means frozen pipes busted sprinklers and worse turn to the experts at Mountain Land Supply to get you the right products for your yard that will last this time Mountain Land Supply is an exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah that means the golf pros and superintendents Trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate their golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest to you.
3: This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy
2: You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. Hi, right, welcome back to the show. We talked about a lot of the players. I don't even want to
3: get into Patrick Reed, but let's talk about some of the others. Tony Fino, he paired up with uh, Bryson DeChambeau, and, and uh, they lost. Uh, he basically carried Bryson. He had six birdies. Yep. Bryson wasn't contributing. But then he, he teamed with Matt Kuchar, and they got the two halves, and then Kuchar and, uh, and Fino went on to both have their singles matches as well. Correct. Cooch with the, the winning half point uh when it once it was guaranteed to, to secure the cup for team USA. Let's talk about those two players. How do you rate them?
1: Well, you know, I I think Tony Finau had a great match matches. Um he finished one and three, so um he lost a point, but he gained a point and a half for the US squad. Um nothing bigger than the two that that he and the you know, those halves. Um when he when he when he made some putts, some crucial putts when when they needed it down the stretch, and then also coming from four down against Shigeki Mari, or Hideki Mariyama. Hideki no Matsuyama. Hideki. was the last time. Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama. There we go. Yeah. Um, coming from four down, uh, birding the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth holes, then birding the seventeenth hole. Um, when when Matsuyama um, had beat him on the 16th hole and then, um, having out the match on, uh, you know, it it was, it was phenomenal. And that's, that's what I'll take away from these matches.
3: Well, I I think they both played great. I'm with you on that. And in fact, we're going to hear from Tony Fino coming up on the back nine, hour number two of real golf radio, Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Also, we're going to talk about, I look forward to 2020, There's a lot to digest and some storylines from 2019 that probably bleed into the new year. We'll cover it all next as we continue. Thanks for joining us. The Back Nine's next. Tony Finau. You don't want to miss it right now on Real Golf Radio.
12: Radio News with Tim Berg. President Trump is expected to sign a budget bill today that keeps the government up and running. The Senate approved of the big budget compromise on Thursday. White House officials helped negotiate the year-end budget agreement. House Republicans are firing back at House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who they say is getting cold feet regarding sending articles of impeachment over to the Senate. Republican Senator Steve Scalise of Louisiana says,
10: This is bizarre behavior by the Speaker to Uh, think that she can somehow tell the Senate how to run an impeachment trial after she literally broke House rules to deny uh, the ability for the minority to even present our case, the alternative case, which House rules require. They literally ignored and broke that rule.
12: That audio, courtesy of Fox News and a Utah woman, is being charged after allegedly trying to buy a weapon of mass destruction through the Internet. And you're listening to USA Radio News.
13: Hi everyone, Wayne Alarouche. Listen carefully to another great offer on one of the most sought-after assets on earth. The world of political turmoil just gets crazier and crazier. Impeachment hearings, China trade wars, Fed money pumping, which are creating bubbles that could burst any day now. With one exception, gold and silver, which are currently undervalued and have excellent growth potential in 2020. So here's another irresistible offer to help you cash in on asset protection while you still can. My sponsor, Swiss America, is willing to ship my listeners another popular silver coin, the U.S. peace dollar, for just $16.50 each delivery. Delivered While supplies last. You heard me right. There's an exclusive offer to my listeners by calling 800-289-2646. Write it down. 800-289-2646. Get your supply of silver US peace dollars for just $16.50 each delivered. 800-289-2646 or go to SwissAmerica.com.
12: AAA says nearly 116 million Americans will be traveling between December 21st and New Year's Day. That's roughly a 4% increase over the last year. And AAA spokesman Robert Sinclair says a lot of travelers will be dealing with headaches this holiday season.
4: We are anticipating more than 800,000 breakdowns
2: among AAA members for the holiday travel period with flat tires, dead batteries, and folks locking themselves out of their vehicles as the top three reasons.
12: Sinclair speaking there on NBC News also says that the worst time to travel is the day after Christmas, mid to late afternoon. Pasadena, California is gearing up for the Rose Bowl game and the Tournament of Roses parade on New Year's Day. Jesse Baker with the U.S. Secret Service says everyone needs to be vigilant during high-profile events. If something seems
0: out of place, if something is unusual, if it doesn't fit with a narrative of what you've seen, you got to let someone know.
12: The game will feature the Oregon Ducks taking on the Wisconsin Badgers. And you're listening to USA Radio News. The flu is continuing to cause havoc across the country. With the details, here's USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes. The flu
4: outbreak is getting worse across America. Some examples, the state of Minnesota reporting three more deaths and 60 schools there are affected. An entire school district in Atlanta closed a day early for the holiday break because of the flu. And Arizona is dealing with more than 4,300 cases so far this season, including about 900 reported in just the past week. A report from the pharmacy chain Walgreens shows the worst hit areas are Omaha nebraska and chattanooga tennessee
12: the senate is looking into recent california wildfires and the electrical grid around the state as they investigate pacific gas and electrics role in those deadly wildfires among the witnesses testifying before the energy and natural resources committee was pg and e ceo bill johnson
10: pg is deeply sorry for the role that our equipment had in those fires and the losses that occurred because of them and we're taking action to prevent it from ever happening again
12: Johnson also talks about the internal power outages that PG&E implemented to prevent fires.
10: We took the unprecedented step of intentionally turning off power for safety, and this decision affected millions of our customers, caused them disruption and hardship, even as it succeeded in its goal of protecting human life.
12: For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg.
2: the second nine the finishing holes the closing stretch it starts now here's the back nine our number two of real golf radio with the steady stripe it down the middle make every putt because it's in your blood bob casper and that better lucky than good handled dragon flipper brian taylor here's brian and bob Welcome in. It's hour number two, the
3: back nine of Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thank you very much for joining us, and happy holidays, everyone. We appreciate all of you that tune into the show, however you access us through one of the podcaster sites or live on one of our affiliate radio stations every Saturday morning. We appreciate you being with us. And uh, wrapping up year number 20, it's been... Certainly a, a huge blessing and uh, an honor to be able to talk golf with you for these last two decades and to be able to sit alongside Bob Casper, whose dad is, uh, of course, a Hall of Famer and a legend, Billy Casper. Just just some great experiences. We've been able to talk and meet with some some fantastic people and, and share our insights and, and views and opinions on, on the game as we've gone along. So uh, we appreciate that. And a shout out to our producer, Dave Glazer, who's been with us for some 16, 17 of those 20 years. So we appreciate appreciate that and uh, really uh, appreciate all of our good sponsors but mostly appreciate you the listeners for tuning in and supporting the show each and every week. We're taking this time to look back at the President's Cup. It was quite the exclamation point on an otherwise brilliant 2019 season from everything that happened early on. Tiger winning his 15th major championship on the way on the way to picking up a 82nd win on the PGA Tour to captaining a successful President's Cup. Just absolutely outstanding. And then you got guys like, you know, uh, Matthew Wolf coming in and doing their thing and Morikawa. And it's yep. just with that, Brooks Kepka still out there. I mean, it is it was a great year in the game of golf, huh?
1: It was a phenomenal year. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, Brooks Kepka getting another major championship, Roy McElroy getting, getting three wins in the Tour Championship Player of the Year award. Um, like you said, the young guys, uh, don't forget, uh, Victor Hovland Mm. who didn't make it uh, all the way through, but then, um, and, and getting his card like the other two guys did that were younger guys that came out, um, from the college ranks, but Victor Hovland got into that, uh, four tournament series at the end of the year and qualified and got his card and is now a full-time member of the, of the tour. Um, you know, just a lot of great stories, um. And none of them, none of them, in my opinion, um, greater than Tiger Woods winning his major and also uh, picking up the Zozo Championship after knee surgery again um, later in 2019.
3: Tremendous storylines. And I'll tell you, the way we saw him play at the President's Cup, I expect big things out of him in 2012. I already said I wouldn't be surprised if he wins 10 times. It's obviously... Probably a little over-exaggeration. But nonetheless, I do expect him to win multiple times and to be a factor in the majors. Anxious, can't wait. 2020 can't get here soon enough. Well, a guy that had a really good President's Cup and a great year as well, Tony Finau. He'll join us coming up next. We'll get his reactions and thoughts on the President's Cup and the year when we continue right here on Real Golf Radio. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway. And that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things like hitting more bombs what a world go own the T box like the pros build your epic flash driver today at callawaygolf.com
11: the new chrome soft is better from tee to green to maximize control you need a ball with a soft thin cover Chrome Soft has a tour urethane cover, which feels incredible. Under the cover is the mantle. The guys in R&D at Callaway have tuned this layer to produce a more penetrating ball flight from 50 to 125 yards. Distance control in the scoring zone is everything. More control means more birdies. And I like birdies. This is the dual soft fast core. So what does it do? It produces ultra low spin off the driver for incredibly fast ball speed yet the core is still soft enough for you to compress the ball off the long irons. It's extremely soft and extremely fast. That's the secret behind Chrome Soft. The new Chrome Soft from Callaway. It's the ball that changed the
10: ball. We just changed the putter. Now you need to change yours. A multi-material shaft enabled a radical shift in weight distribution, resulting in a putter designed to improve your actual stroke. Because a better stroke helps make more putts. This is a stroke of genius. Stroke Lab, from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf.
9: At the first tee. We believe a good grip can be the foundation for success both on and off the golf course. We don't just teach golf. We teach life skills and help drive young people to be the next generation of great mentors. To learn more, visit thefirstd.org.
3: Callaway Senior Director of Brand Management Dave Neville. What makes Jaws the most aggressive groove in
7: golf? What really grabs the ball where you get the spin from is the edge of the groove. We've been able to make a really, really tight edge radius using some of the proprietary tools that we have. And then in between each groove, we have that groove and groove technology, which are little micro-positives that help grab the ball. So you have these 84 contact points on the face to grab the ball and just give you a tremendous amount of spin.
3: Order Jaws today at CallawayGolf.com.
2: Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us here
3: on Real Golf Radio. We're really excited to welcome in our our next guest and good friend of ours who you watched compete in the President's Cup last week and uh, went 0-1-3 and and some critical half points coming down the stretch, part of that comeback win by Team USA. Tony Finau, kind enough to join us right now. Hey, T, how are you, man? Hey, BT, Bob.
8: What's up, guys? I'm doing well. How are you guys?
3: Oh man, we're we I was just telling y'all before we came on the air. It was so fun to watch you out there and and uh, doing what you do. I, I did get after the the cameras a little bit on the the first day. I was like, hey, you know, Tony's Tony's playing today, right? Uh, uh, sometimes uh, you know, sometimes I wasn't seeing enough coverage for my liking. But man, it was cool to see you coming down the stretch and and to watch you and and uh, battle it out. That 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 had to be quite a thrill.
8: Man, it was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's such a cool atmosphere. You know, it's hard to. Hard to explain, but, uh, you know, that's that's kind of what you dream of as a kid, coming down the stretch and, you know, in these types of events and, um, you know, just the atmosphere. You knew all eyes were on you on a couple of those matches I had on uh, on the Saturday and, you know, having and I come down the stretch and, and, you know, taking Hideki all the way to 18. So there were some epic matches there, and, and I was able to uh, just cash in on a couple, couple halves, which, you know, ended up looking like, you know, that was kind of a huge difference maker in our in our victory, but uh, it was a total team effort, and it's just so cool to be a
1: part of something like that. So you've had the opportunity now to play a Ryder Cup and a Presidents Cup. Any difference between the two as far as what you feel and and how you were treated and that kind of thing?
8: Yeah, there was a little bit of different uh, different feel. I think uh, you know having having Tiger as your having Tiger as your teammate and captain uh, was was a was a different thing. I think compared to Paris in the Ryder Cup. And then uh, just the overall feel, you know, I think um, the president's cup seems to be a, you know, a little bit more relaxing. And, um, and I don't know if that, that was just the atmosphere that uh, the captains wanted us to have, but we were definitely more, uh, more chilled. I feel like I can relax and, um, and, and the Ryder cup was that way as well, but um, seems, you know, seems to be a little bit more intense as far as uh, the pressure goes and, um, and things like that. But uh, I, I thought those were a couple differences and, Um, but both, both experiences for me were amazing. I wouldn't put one above the other just because, um, it's hard to, it's hard to forget your first one. And, and, you know, the 2018 Ryder Cup was my first international team and my first Ryder Cup. And I had an absolute blast. Jim Pierce was an amazing captain. Um, and, and just, just had an absolute blast all week. And this is just different. This is just a different, a whole different deal. You know, president's cup. We're in Australia, a place I've never been, a golf course I've never played and, Um, And up against uh, a formidable team, so um, you know, obviously we did win the Presidents Cup, but both of them are are right at the top of the list for me when it comes to uh, some of the, you know, my golf achievements and just playing and having and having a having a good time.
3: Tony Finau joining us here. I've got a million questions. I'm going to try to get to just the the top ones here. But, uh, you know, you you talk about the the difference there. Uh, What what was Tiger like as a captain? Um, You you mentioned having him playing alongside, and certainly he was playing some great golf. But what was he like as a captain and, I guess, as a teammate? He's – He's a, different, he's a different Tiger. I'm sure you watched him growing up. Bob and I have been covering him for 20 years, and he just did not interact that way with people the way he does now. It's just really it's fun and to see him really cut loose and show some emotion and, and uh, interact with teammates. Just talk about that dynamic.
8: Yeah, it was so cool. Um, he, he was so chill, you know, uh, and, I, and I think the best way I could put, put it was just he had so much confidence in our team that uh, he didn't feel like he needed to say much, you know he was just kind of one of the guys and um, you know and, and took took more of a I would say just kind of a chill uh, leadership role than an actual like verbal um, leadership role you know he I think he just he, he trusted all of us that uh, we you know we were well prepared to play and, and and he just he never panicked you know and I think in our in our you know in our locker room and just in our meetings that we had, um, as captains and as players, just, you know, stressing to us, you know, how much he enjoyed being around us, um, you know, expressing to us, uh, you know, how, how great he thinks we are. and, 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 I think just putting us in the mindset to go out and, and play good golf. So, you know, even when we were behind, he had so much confidence in us that, you know, there was, we were never in panic mode as a team. You know, he, he had full faith in us that we'd, We'd make a charge and, and that our best golf is ahead of us as a team and, and to just keep playing no matter what happens, no matter what the crowd does, just keep playing. And, um, and so we really got it, I think, a, a cool side of Tiger and, and just, uh, and more importantly, just, um, you know, the, the trust that he had in us as players and, and other captains to just rally and, and make that run that we did and, and, you know, finally win the cup for him on Sunday.
1: So uh, two quick questions: How much did he rely on um, the vice captains to help him? Um, and then also, that golf course had to have been a learning process for for you guys since you didn't even get there or had a chance to play it till Tuesday.
8: Yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, to cover the first question, he relied heavily on Freddie, Strix, and Zach. Um, they, you know, they were basically the captains of the week. Tiger was preparing to play, and. And it was, it was really cool for Tiger to, um, to take his, his captaincy role on Saturday, on Saturday and, and opt not to play um, because I think he really enjoyed that. I think it, it was a different experience for him, but he really got to enjoy watching as a captain and, and really captaining out there, you know, getting, you know, getting the Cooch you know, and I's group and, and patting us on the back and, and helping us where we can and, and all those different things. And it really looks like he enjoys that, that role. But throughout the week while he was playing, he had to rely heavily on his guys and his vice captains that he picked. Um, he wasn't shy, I think, in his press conference to, to recognize them and, and, and basically say, look, if, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have you know, taken this captaincy position or, or you know, even captained this team. So he relied heavily on them, and they're, they're amazing. You know, I got to know Freddie really well, um, a guy that I didn't really know before this week. Um, Strix, you know, I, 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 know a lot better because I played a lot of golf with him on the tour and, and he also was assistant captain last year and in, in the Ryder Cup. So I've known Strix and then, you know, obviously I played with DJ quite often on the tour. So, um, it, it was, it was really cool to get to know Freddie a lot better and, and, you know, he was so chill and just, just a great vibe when it's, uh, when it came to, when it came to captain, um,
1: remind me of the second question, Bob, the golf course. Oh, yeah. learning process so, of the golf course.
8: This golf course is one of the hardest courses I've ever played. Um, and I mean I, I mean that literally. It's one of the firmest golf courses you'll ever play. It's the firmest golf course I've ever played. Um, the greens are 13 to 14 and rock hard, and the golf course is just rock hard. So um, when it came to learning the golf course, I, I think the one distinct advantage that they had on us early in the week was that they knew the course way better than we did, and, and I think that showed very early. But as we as a team, as we played and learned the golf course more, we got more comfortable. And, and, and I think that showed later in the week, you know, by the time, you know, late Saturday and Sunday came around, uh, we all knew the course better and, and we were able to play it and attack it the way we wanted to. But Aurora Melbourne is, is a gem. I think it's, you know, after playing it top five golf course on my list, uh, and, and right up there near the top, you know, if, if I had to, if I had to rank them. So it's an amazing venue and, and, you know, the reason why they go there as often as they do is because of how good it is. And, and, and I think, you know, the, you always have great teams and, and great winning teams on that golf course.
3: Hey, great stuff, Tony. If you could just hold on for just a second, uh, when we come back – I want to ask you about that singles match on Sunday and what that was like coming down the stretch and how you overcame a four-down deficit with just eight holes to play and the reaction afterwards from your captain, assistant captain, and fellow players. We'll get into all of that. Many more questions for you. Tony now joins us and our, continues our conversation next right here on Real Golf Radio.
1: I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified.
3: Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy.
1: controllers pipe and everything they need to irrigate their golf courses shop where the pro shop go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest to you
2: back to real golf radio talking golf back when 300 yard drives were big for real here's brian and bob
3: tony Fino joining us here on real golf radio take us down that uh, single that the singles match you had with with ben on uh, obviously i'm sure you were like to have a couple of those putts early back but you know you you, you stormed back and and we're able to get a tie in that one. And, by the way, I hate calling it a tie. I really like the all-square vernacular. But, anyway, you got, you got a tie. And um, But but what? how do you, I guess, take us through the mindset. Were you nervous early? Did it take you a while to settle down? Were you ever nervous? Just And how did you gear up to be able to make that final charge?
8: Yeah, um, I don't know how much nerves had to do with it. I think just a more emotional energy. You know, I, I had played 36 the day before and um and just emotionally took quite a bit out of me, just in that I was in those really tight matches with Cooch on Saturday. um and then um you know, Tiger asked me when I wanted to go on sunday, and I, and I told him I want to go early because uh, I'd like to get a point for the for the team and and you know we need points and and I know I'm, and I told him I'm playing well, you know get me out get me out early and and let me get a point, but uh you know, when I got out there, I was a little flat, just emotionally. Uh, I wasn't in it uh, early and, and it kind of showed, you know, uh, Hideki was able to get off to that hot start. Um, but, you know, I missed a couple early and, and just made a couple mistakes and then next thing you know I'm, you know, I'm standing on the 7T and I'm, you know, 3 down and I'm standing on the 10T and I'm 4 down. Um, but I I don't know. I I always play, You know, I, I never think I'm out of it and I always, I'm always that way. I've always been that way. Um, I know I'm extremely hard to beat and I think that gives me confidence just that if I don't give up um, I'm still going to be hard to close out and I I strongly believe that and and my caddy and I knew when we made the turn that this could be a whole different nine and um, and I just needed just you know one hole at a time you know let's pick up one hole and and try and pick up a few more so once I got once I got uh, hole 11 uh, I knew it was a different match and, and then he made a mistake on 12 and then I knew for sure it was a different match and and I made a putt on 13, and then I made another putt on 14, and and next to you know we're all square, and we still have four holes in front of us. So, um, you know, it was a whole different mindset from there. I was like, well, let's win this match. So, um, I think just having that type of attitude, you have confidence in yourself that you know you just can't have the the you know the attitude of, of ever giving up, especially in match play. I've been I've been in this game too long. I've played too many great matches in match play. Uh, it's it's hard to close somebody out, you know. It just it just is, you know. To win a match against a world class player is hard, and even even in the position I was in, I knew I was going to be hard to close out. So there's no reason to give up. I had a, you know, I had eight holes in front of me after I was four down, and and I needed to get to work. And once I got one, then I knew I could get more. And um, and and you know, just really happy that I was able to have that type of attitude because there's, there's just no way I could give up on, you know, on my teammates and, and my captains and. You know, I told them I wanted to go out early, and I needed to prove to them why.
3: And you did, and you played like a stud down the stretch. What does that do for your confidence? And then, what was that moment like when you came off the green? And there's Tiger and Fred Couples. I mean, you're talking Hall of Famers embracing you, high-fiving you. I mean, that must have been just a cool feeling.
8: Yeah, special. Really, just all week. Um, But you know, to be able to take Hideki down the stretch, and um, you know, that's that's the one match that like a win for me. You know, I think. I, you know, I, I, that's the last, that's the match I should have lost. You know, Hideki makes a couple uh mental errors coming down the stretch or else, you know, he should have won that match, but that's match play. And, and I was able to get a half for the team, which, you know, which was a win for our squad. You know, we felt that way. And, and Tiger and, and Freddie expressed that to me coming off the green, you know, just how proud they were that I was able to stretch that match out and, and get our team a half at the, you know, at the time it was up in the air, you know, it was, you know, 60-40 at best if, you know, if we're going to retain the Cup and and have enough points to win. So um, to be able to be embraced by Tiger and Freddie and and the other captains and and just um, get the respect for the players on our team was was pretty amazing. And as far as my confidence, you know, I I take a lot of confidence away from this President's Cup just in that, you know, I, I continue to confirm to myself that, you know, I can play on the biggest stages and and that my game is suited for, for high level and, and world state golf. So moving forward, I, I know I have my best years ahead of me. And, and this, these are just cool things early in my career um, that confirmed to me that, uh,
1: you know, I can become a, a world-class player. So um, Dan Hicks on the TV broadcast showed you and Tiger and, and your wife standing there and Tiger was talking with you. Um, we couldn't hear it because uh, Dan Hicks was talking over it. you, you, actually you mentioned just a second ago that that Freddie and Tiger both um you know congratulated and that kind of thing but what did Tiger actually what did he actually say to you because it looked like he was saying I looked up and you were four down um what what did he actually say to you about about being able to have that match and and, uh get that half point
8: well he, he looked at me and he's like are you kidding me and I said what and he says you were four down, and I said, "Yeah." When I made the turn, I was four down. He's like, "I," he said, "I looked at the board, and you were four down, and I didn't want to look again. And then when I looked back up on fifteen, I happened to see it. It you were all square, and and he started laughing, and I'm like, "Yeah, I sure was." So <laughs> he he was he he just he was just I think really proud that I was just able to fight fight back for the team. I think the only blue or black flag or international flag he saw was my match, and um and and he kept. I think he just kept tabs on it because at the turn, like he, you know, he just basically told me he saw that I was four down at the turn. I think he saw on 10 green or whatever, um, you know, he saw that I was four down. And, and then when he got, by the time he got to 15 green, I was there, had already erased that deficit. So um, he was just, I think he was extremely proud of, of just the fight. And, um, and it was just a cool moment for me just that, you know, I, I, I've been that way my whole life, my whole career. I've always, um, persevered and just overcome and that's just this is I feel like who I am you know I I'm never going to give up and and sometimes that results in a win sometimes it results in a tie sometimes it results in a loss but um, one thing I'll never do inside is just emotionally and mentally give up on myself you know whether I have my best stuff or not and um, to be able to do that on a grand stage and show Tiger um, that you know that's who I am that's just I'm never I'm never going to allow myself to give up and um, and just keep persevering. And, and so Tiger saw that and, and was just congratulating me because of how proud he was that I was able to fight back and get that half for the team.
3: Tony Finau joining us here on Real Golf Radio, looking back at the President's Cup last week. One of the side stories was pretty big, and that was Patrick Reed and the distractions. As a team, was there a distraction?
8: No, none whatsoever. Just in that most of us didn't really know what happened, and we didn't. Not a lot of us didn't really want to know um, I think we were so focused on, on just the comeback, and um, and I think the captain just wanted to make sure Patrick was ready to go, um, playing-wise and emotionally, just ready to play on Sunday. So it didn't interfere with anything we did as a team, and um, and I don't think we, we let it.
3: Uh, you shared some bookend moments in a special year with Tiger, from the final group at Augusta to being on this team at the President's Cup. I know you have your own personal goals and things that you're working on, but as you look back on this year uh, and, and the the spots that you put yourself in, how are you going to tell that to your kids?
8: <laughs> uh, of course, yeah, fortunately for me, uh, you know, as the saying goes, a a weak pen is always is stronger than the the best memory. I I'm pretty good about keeping keeping a journal, and I've been that way for years, so. I've got some great journal notes that uh, uh, in the future I'll be able to share with my kids just uh, being in the moment and, and enjoying some of these, these cool moments. You know, I, you know, I, I look back at, at last week and, and to know that, you know, a couple of my matches, you know, with the, the match with Tadecki and both matches with Cooch came down to 18. Um, when you have all eyes on you, uh, you know, a golfing world, you know, all the cameras, everybody at that golf course, and there's only one group out of, out there and you're part of that, those are just experiences that are just priceless. You know, I can't, I can't put a, a tag on that and those type of experiences because that's, you know, that's why I play. That's why those are the type of positions I've wanted to put myself in since I, since I wanted to be a professional, you know, to play in front of the world and, and display my talent and to be able to do that and, and be able to live and, and tell a story to, to my kids and just to anyone who's even interested, it's pretty cool for me. So I, you know, I still get goosebumps just thinking about it. I'm coming down the stretch last week with Cooch, you know, a potential hall of famer. And, um, and I have my whole team watching me and I've got Tiger, our captain watching me and, and, and I've come down the stretch and I've got the golfing world, um, just paying attention to what I'm doing and and in our group. And, you know, you can't, you can't really explain how cool that is, you know, for me, you know, whether I play well or I don't, or, Whatever the case, and, and fortunately, I did. I was able to pull off some cool stuff and and play some good golf. But you can't you can't really explain how cool that is. But um, I've taken some cool notes on it, and and, <laughs> and I look forward to sharing sharing some of those
1: experiences with uh, with my kids. Well, Tony, you I look heard. so calm and cool and collected coming down the stretch. <laughs>
8: <laughs> He's a pro. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I I I mean, honestly, I I think. I, I've, I've learned how to be uncomfortable. I think is one thing that I will tell myself, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable because this game will throw a lot at you and you're not always going to be comfortable. So in that, in that type of atmosphere, um, I can't say I was 100% comfortable, but um, I, I, I'm confident in my skills and my ability and um, and I know that I can execute when the time comes. I, just, I, have, that, I have that type of feeling and, and type of confidence in myself and, and it keeps me and gets me through those type of moments.
3: That's awesome. You've been very gracious to share some of these memories and thoughts and insights. It's fantastic. And, again, uh, we're rooting for you. And, and uh, really uh, just congratulations on a great comeback win. It sounds like there was never any panic, and you guys just went out and did what you did and, and came out on top. And I'm sure that winning feeling something you hope to carry over into Ryder Cup next year, right? Finally get a home game maybe next year, huh?
8: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's another huge goal of mine after being on this team is, uh, you know, play my way onto the Ryder Cup team next year. Whistling Straits, a golf course I love, I really enjoy. You know, I had my first case at winning a major at Whistling Straits in 15, so um, it's a golf course that I really enjoy. So I've got a you know, I've got some work ahead to, to try and make that team, but I look forward to trying to do that and, and to just, you know, join a, another international team.
3: Uh, well, enjoy the time off and uh, well-deserved and congratulations on a great year and wish you a uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and and uh, look forward to seeing you next year, huh?
8: Yep. I'll be around. Thanks, B.T. Thanks, Bob. You guys have a happy holiday. Thank All right. You. You Thanks, bet. Tony.
3: There you go. Tony Finow joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. We'll take a short break. show continues next. Nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember.
2: And here's Ricky on 12. What a comeback it's been for him today. Pin placement is a little tricky. Four. We're seeing something. Uh, something is getting closer.
5: Holy. What the? <clears throat> and that'll cost him.
0: It can be dangerous to drive while distracted.
1: Yet at any daytime moment, almost 660,000 drivers across the country are using electronic devices while they drive. Join me and commit to always driving distraction-free. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shadow Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry
3: while the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials
1: work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now, or check it out at OGO.com. You can
2: tell a lot about a golfer by the way he sets his hands on the club. Is he squeezing the life out of it, or is it like he's cradling a newborn baby? Holding a light so he can feel the club head eliminates tension, increases swing speed, and improves accuracy. These are the things our grips promote. Because the secret to golf isn't how you put your hands on the club, it's the way you put your hands on a win grip. Win. Play your best golf.
3: Callaway's new Apex irons redefine players' irons. Unmatched feel, distance, and control have been forged to perfection to deliver category-defining performance. Apex irons are the ultimate forged players' distance iron. Callaway's 360 face cups generate industry-leading distance, unmatched feel, and will get every golfer's attention. Tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes launch, trajectory, and delivers tremendous control. See perfection in every shot. With the new Apex at your local golf retailer or visit callawaygolf.com and see what makes Callaway the number 1 irons in golf.
2: You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade.
3: <laughs>
11: You've started it. That's
2: real golf radio. All
3: right, hey, welcome back to the show. Brought to you in part by Callaway Golf, the new Maverick driver from Callaway. Coming in January 2020, you can sign up on their website to be the first to learn about Maverick, the new line of groundbreaking equipment from Callaway Golf. Just enter your email address, click notify me, and boom, there you go. There's also a quote there from Xander Schauffele, who used the new driver at the President's Cup, and he said, quote, from the minute we tested it, I knew 2020 couldn't get here soon enough, so uh, anxious to see. These guys have been absolutely killing it with the driver technology, and uh, I'm excited to see what Maverick can do. I've, I've loved my Epic Flash, and it's actually going to be hard to replace, but uh, we'll see what uh, what Maverick has in store when we go out and get fit and hit it and, and uh, all that type of thing. So uh, check it out, callawaygolf.com. Pleased to have them on board as our presenting sponsor, again, for 2020 and our 21st year. On the radio, much thanks to Tony Finau, who spent uh, really a lot of time with us, reflecting and looking back on that Presidents Cup, and I I loved his comments, especially Bob when he talked about being comfortable, being get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's right. I I thought that was brilliant, and it is absolutely the difference between. those that succeed and those that don't in the game of golf, because those are some really uncomfortable positions. And he brought up, and we haven't talked about this, he brought up when he was that last match, he yeah. and Cooch, and everyone was rallied around. All the TV coverage was on him, and it was all about them trying to get that half a point. I mean, that yeah. those are some pressure cooker moments that refine you, huh?
1: Yeah, and, and and the thing is, you know, after he hit a great drive and got it right down the middle of the fairway, then, then – uh, Cooch, you know, hit it in there and hit it in there nice. And Tony was able to knock the putt down to uh, to get it to get it done and have the match. Uh, You know, when you've got when you've got the television, you've got every one of your teammates, you've got all your captains um, and vice captains watching you and especially Tony Finau or especially, uh, excuse me, Tiger Woods, the guy that he looked up to that got him wanting to play golf. Uh, the guy he idolized when he's watching you, there's an immense, a lot of pressure there. And uh, even though he looked totally calm and cool and in control, you could tell. And, and we know, Tony, he's got the heart of a champion and and uh, look for what he's going to be able to do coming in the future. But uh, you know that he had to be having uh, the nervous tension and stuff like that. And like he said, learn how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Yeah.
3: Get comfortable being
1: uncomfortable. That's it. And that's, uh, you know, you
3: can't replicate it. That's why if you're going out to play, play for a buck or two or five or 20 or whatever, whatever at least gives you a reason to try to grind and and, and never give up because if you don't have any consequences, you don't feel that uncomfortable feeling. And then when you do find yourself in the club championship or an occasional tournament you might play and the uncomfortable feeling comes – you're not comfortable with that, and that's yeah. when you play a completely – it's a completely different game. All of a sudden, your body just doesn't remember what to do.
1: It's <laughs> you weird, <have> right? <laughs> you, you lose all sense of everything <laughs> and feels and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty crazy. You know, I, I'm reminded we had Paul Azinger on the show. Um, he sat in studio with us, and we talked to him about – it was not long after he was captain of the, the U.S. Ryder Cup team. And we talked to him about the Ryder Cup and, and the pressure of the Ryder Cup and pressure, pressure heaped on players and that kind of thing. And he said at that point in time that the pressure that you get in a Ryder Cup, um, and I would also say conversely maybe in the President's Cup as well, um, is that uh, it's the pressure that forges champions. And he even went so much as to say major champions. So – um on the broadcast, a few times they said these final putts in these in these matches are like the final putt you would have to win a golf tournament. Yeah. It's the same type of pressure. And I'll tell you what, um, Tony, um, as well as a lot of the guys that had to make those, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantley, those guys that had to make those putts on that final hole when they counted, um, that was awesome. And it was you know those guys are going to have those feelings when it comes down to it that they can rely upon and call call upon when they're trying to win golf tournaments especially big ones
3: yeah well there's no question and and that I love team competition I'm yep. glad that the US gets to play one every year I'm excited for a home game the, the next two and uh-huh. be able to see that you know hopefully the US uh, grab that Ryder Cup back I I like I said Bob I didn't find myself rooting against the international team the same way you tend to with the Europeans in the Ryder Cup. And I guess it's because of the history, and it's been a couple of decades that they that the European teams dominated Team USA. Yes. And so with that said, it it, it does tend to forge more of that rivalry than if you don't really mount a, a charge and win. I I have a lot of respect for all the players on both the European and international teams and what their individual ability is. It just is the frustration that my team team USA isn't able to step up in these competitions and play like we see them play every week on the PGA tour. These are the guys that, you know, that, that are, that are dominating on PGA tour play and they get together and they, they can't seem to figure it out. That's not again, not to take into for the Ryder Cup team Rory McIlroy goes out and dominates on the PGA Tour as well and others I'm not not saying that they don't John Rahm is going to be a force to be reckoned with these guys are players but you've got Ian Poulters and it seems like so many of them the Lee Westwoods and the Colin Montgomerys and the Sergio Garcias and some of these guys that just they they come out of the old uh, telephone booth in superman capes when the Ryder yep. Cup rolls around and they just absolutely bash our guys and so that creates a little more of an animosity as a fan of Team USA than what does the international team. And I, again, uh, so, so with that segue, um, and before we completely go to, to the Ryder Cup next year, what, do, what about this international team? What do you take away from what they did? Because they won the team sessions 10 8. They lost the singles 8 4, and ultimately lost the cup 16 14 but ernie els such a great guy such a class act such a great champion yep. he led his team honorably and his guys played well seven rookies and they really over outplayed what they were expected to do and 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 it worked up until the very end when they lost but what now of this international team can they can they have can they have can they be positive going into the next one in yeah. USA
1: yeah i think so i think they can be really positive um the next one where's the next one played at? Oh, it's played at Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow That's right. Yeah. Quail Hollow, which these guys, those all these international players, for the most part, they play on the PGA tour. They all play on the PGA tour. So they've played Quail, Quail Hollow many times. They played in PGA Championship. They played it in, in a PGA tour event every year. And uh and yeah, I think they can take a lot from it. Now the guys that the guys that really stood out to me Uh, first of all, of course, Abraham answer and what he was able to do and how he was able to play. He was, uh, he, he, I'll tell you what, he hit the ball. Well, he putted extremely well. Oh man. And, uh, and he's, he's a guy that's going to win some tournaments on the PGA tour. No doubt about it. Um, the other, another guy that I was, uh, I was impressed with was, um, let me think. Adam Hadwin played extremely well until he got sick. Um, unfortunately, he got he got he wasn't feeling well and he was out for the Saturday matches. Um, he played extremely well. Um, the guy that you talking uh, Eam? You thinking about Eam? Eam? Yeah, Sanjay Eam. That that kid's a phenomenal player, and um, it, it seems like was it him that just came off of the Web.com tour like two years ago? Was that Eam?
3: Uh, I th- I think so. I think so. I mean, he's that guy. Is I mean, he he was he was ice water. Um, yes, he was he was there. He, he was definitely the the I think the MVP for that side, uh, along with Abraham Anser. They both went three one and one.
1: Yeah. So Eam, um, I think I think he's the guy I'm thinking about. But they were talking about the guy that won the 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 Corn Fairy Tour when he graduated off the Corn Fairy Tour, uh, Sanjay Eam. He said, "This guy." Undoubtedly, is the best player ever, as far as its consistency and everything, to come out of the Corn Ferry Tour, and that that's saying a huge a a lot because you've got guys like um, uh, 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 Johnson, Zach Johnson, and what he's been able to do, win mul- multiple major championships and that kind of thing. For him to wear that label of being the best ever to come out of the uh, that rank, that uh, that minor leagues of the PGA Tour on the Corn Ferry Tour, it's uh, it's it's pretty big.
3: You know, there's no question. There's no question. So uh, a couple of other things that we have to talk about. There's been a lot of talk on Twitter afterwards and a lot of social media banter about sportsmanship. Yep, and whether the U.S. Uh, w- w- did not exhibit good sportsmanship. Now we know Patrick Reed and his antics, right? But yeah. but but remove him and Justin Thomas was getting a lot of flack. I I I guess it stems from the measurement of the putter not not yeah. being given that putt. But was that so egregious? I guess I I guess I didn't I guess that one didn't ring it didn't hit a chord with me.
1: Well it's kind of a lot like Brookline, you know, when uh when Justin Leonard made that putt and everybody got all excited and everything and then the Europeans called us poor sports and all that kind of thing when When uh, Jose Maria still had a putt to putt, Um, you know, that was just an act of total joy and and excitement and excitement. Um, Justin Thomas had that little short putt, about three feet, maybe two and a half, three feet, and they didn't give it to him. Um, They were the other team was out of the hole. They were going to lose the hole. And uh, and and he went ahead and knocked it in. It wasn't until after he knocked it in and the hole was done. That he put the putter down and, you know, showed like, it's hey, that was inside the leather, the leather yeah. or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't think that's poor sportsmanship because he went ahead and putted it and he made it. He didn't complain about it, didn't argue about it, didn't cry about it. He went ahead and made it and then just did it kind of jokingly. And
3: so. the U.S. was down at the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like the, he was rubbing it in their face. I, no. And that's the other thing I hear, the Team USA – Beats a team they're supposed to, and then rubs it in their face. I don't remember the rubbing it in their face. Was it Cooch no. dancing when he went by? I mean, maybe. I mean, but he just realized he just won the cup. Aren't you supposed to be excited? Don't we want our our guys to be excited to show some 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 personality and and re- help us realize that even though they're not necessarily getting paid for this, that they care and that they're having fun and that they like to win. I'm, i I yeah. guess I I guess I failed to see the ugly American in this one, other than the obvious ugly American.
1: Well, the ugly American uh, g- moniker gets thrown on us um, from the other side when when they lose. So um, that's the problem I have with it. Mm.
3: All right. Well, anyway, that, that, that that's addressed. Let's, let's go to the Ryder Cup because the other question I have coming out of this from Team USA standpoint, okay, you won, congratulations, but you needed an 8-4 rally on Sunday yeah. to beat a team that is clearly inferior to you in every single way. So, what does that? How does that bode for you heading into next year's Ryder Cup, when it has been all Europe for the most part? Uh, obviously, going to be a much better team that they're mm-hmm. going to face next year.
1: Yeah. So, the Ryder Cup is going to be held. Uh, the The tournament days of the Ryder Cup are September 22nd through 27th um, on the PGA Tour. Um, that falls after the Tour Championship, about a month after the Tour Championship, three three and a half weeks afterwards um, after, after, uh, East Lake, So, um, the way the, the way it stands right now, there's one, one, um, there's one year left of, uh, points. And, uh, right now Brooks Koepka is leading at, at number one, Dustin Johnson, Gary Woodland, Tiger Woods, Xander Shoffley, Webb Simpson, Matt Kuchar, and Tony Fino round out the top eight. The top eight are are um, make the squad, and then there's four captain's picks. Patrick Cantley at 9, Kevin Kisler Kisner at 10, Jordan Spieth at 11, and Shez Reby right now at number 12.
3: Well, the only thing that's certain about that is that it won't be
1: that. It will switch. Come year. It will year. be fluid. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah, no question. So we'll see. Patrick Reed's not on there, did you
1: say? He is not there right now. Yeah. All nope. right.
3: he's gonna have a tough time getting a captain's pick, I think, after what we've seen. All right, yep. we've got to take a short break. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. Thanks for joining us. Brian and Bob with you. Happy holidays and thanks for listening to Real Golf Radio.
1: I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified.
6: Whether you're a casual golfer or an avid golfer, let You Into Golf help you fill your wish list with the season's best deals in golf, featuring special holiday offers from Titleist. Save on Titleist Pro V1, Pro V1X and AVX golf balls for only 39.99 a dozen, and save $30 on Titleist Vokey SM7 wedges for only $119.99. And while you're there, register to win free golf balls for a year. You into Golf offers an exclusive 90-day satisfaction guarantee. You Into Golf, helping golfers' holiday dreams come true since 1971.
3: Hey, ever wonder how your favorite golf courses in Utah look so good? Pros and golf superintendents agree you should turn to Mountainland Supply for your turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? When you need irrigation products for your lawn, you can trust Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but they can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you.
2: You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob.
3: Well, we've come to the end of our final show for 2019. Uh, really appreciate Dave Glauser, our producer, who does a great job for us each and every week. Uh, we appreciate those that have joined us uh, this uh, today on the show. Tony Fino especially spending a little extra time with us. Hope you enjoyed that insight and conversation with a, a President's Cup member. And, and that guy's got a bright feature in the game, no doubt about it. The caddies stopped by in hour number one as, as well. If you missed any part of it, it's uh, posted on our Twitter handle, at RealGolf. Of course, you can uh, hit it up on any of your favorite podcaster site as well or uh, directly from SoundCloud. Uh, this has been a, a fun year. One to remember, yep. Bob, not only closing out the, our 20th year Of doing the show, and by the way, it's been a real pleasure to have been able to talk golf with you all these years. But it has has been a great season with a lot of great stories from the year, and from that standpoint, um, that that's made this one exciting and also one to look forward to in 2020.
1: Well, as we know, we talk about majors, we talk about the Ryder Cup, majors this year, Augusta National, of course, and the Masters. We've got Harding Park in the PGA Championship in May, uh, the U.S. Open at Wingfoot, and uh, in 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 June, and then of course in July the Open Championship at Royal St. George's, and then in September, um, about the third or fourth week fourth week in September, we're back at the Ryder Cup and another team competition, which uh, with, which the U.S. needs to get on top of this time.
3: Yeah, I, I, a lot of storylines. Rory McIlroy. Yeah, uh, how is he going to play, Dustin Johnson? Can he can he win again and continue that win streak for every year? Tiger Woods, how is he going to continue his great play? I expect he'll continue it just fine and be a, a force. Brooks Kepka, is he going to continue his major championship romp, or how is and his... how is
1: he going to heal from his injury? Exactly, how is that going to be,
3: uh, Jordan Spieth? Can he find his game again and make his way onto that Ryder Cup team and contend in majors and gets get back on uh, on the leaderboard on the win uh, back some Ws, I should say. So uh, some form that he's enjoyed in the past those are just a few of the many storylines heading into 2020 we'll be talking about it and kicking things off tournament of champions hawaii coming up after the holidays so thanks for joining us again for bob casper i'm brian taylor happy holidays from all of us here at real golf radio
2: thanks for listening to brian and bob on real golf radio it's been real